Hello, my friends. Skip here for another installment of The Music Life. Uh, you know, one of the things I, I really try hard to do, I, and I really do, is I try to keep a musical open mind. I've already done a podcast on that. I, I truly believe that staying open to newer music or to music you may not be used to or to different genres of music is absolutely vital. Uh, if you're going to take music seriously in your life, either as a musician or as a listener, it's just something you have to do. I, I really believe that. Uh, now, you know, if you listen to the same stuff you listen to when you were 16 and that's it, you know, I'm glad you're listening to music. Uh, but I look at it this way, that, that, you know, there's a whole universe. And if all you stared at was the things you already know, you're missing a lot of stars. You're missing a lot of planets. You know what I'm saying? Now, having said that, and I've already done a podcast on being musically open-minded, but having said that, uh, I want to talk about my favorite kind of music, and I'll talk, I want to talk about why it's my favorite kind of music. Uh, as I have shared in prior podcasts, I am a product of the 60s and 70s. Uh, the 80s, somewhat... But if I was to talk about, and I did talk about in a podcast, my musical DNA, it would be the 70s, most definitely. A loud guitar, you know, a good driving beat. There's just something that sings to me, something that resonates with me when I, I hear that kind of music. Uh, for a long time, I, I went without sort of a musical home. Uh, I liked some college radio uh, not quite enough to get really excited about it. Uh, I certainly liked the oldies, you know, the 70s, 60s stuff. There was some stuff in the 80s that I did enjoy. Uh, but really, uh, a pinnacle moment in my musical growth had to be the grunge movement. The whole Seattle movement. Uh, you know... There are just times and there, there are just kinds of music that, that speak to your soul. And although I cannot tell you the exact date and time I heard Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana, I can tell you that it affected me. It was probably at my house. Uh, by then, my, my oldest child was, let's see, she would have been coming up on two years old. Um, and I began to hear uh, you know, this music more and more, I began to see it more and more on MTV. I began to, to read it in, in Rolling Stone. And it, just, it spoke to me. Grunge spoke to me. And I began to explore it in, in deeper ways. And I began to discover bands like Mud Honey and the Melvins and Tad. And, and that led me to go back and listen to bands like Fugazi. Uh, you know, just it really opened up for me a whole spectrum of the musical universe. Now, it's not the only thing I listen to. Uh, I have a lot of grunge on, on, in my library. Uh, and, you know, quite frankly, one can only listen to Smells Like Teen Spirit so many times. But I will tell you that that music spoke to me in such a way that I can tell you that it saved me. Uh, around that time, not long after, uh, my first marriage ended. And uh, I was in a very bad way. I was in a very sad way. And, uh, you know, it just it carried me through a really dark time in my life. It spoke to me. Uh, probably not unlike 
the music that you love, how it speaks to you. Certainly, I think one could look at something like the blues and see that it's really speaking to human experience. Well, well, grunge spoke to my human experience, and I still love it. Uh, as I have shared with you, I play a little guitar. There was a time when I knew the entire album of Nevermind. I could play it. They're just, it's, it's simple. It's melodic. It's, uh, the lyrics are fantastic. Uh, it really resonated with me. But what, you know, what is just as important is that it opened up to me a whole universe of other music. And it still does. It still does. I, I still hear, you know, those newer bands that, that are highly influenced by, by Nirvana. Sometimes there are bands that were influenced by Nirvana. You can't hear it, but uh, I was watching an interview with Seth Avid of the Avid Brothers, and they're sort of an alternative bluegrass band, country bluegrass. I, they're kind of hard to, to get a, a beat on. And he was very explicit about the fact that uh, they, he was highly influenced by Kurt Cobain. And when you hear their music, although it sounds nothing at all like Nirvana, what you hear is a sense of melody that, that Kurt brought to his music. So grunge is, is a very important thing. And I want to talk briefly, I don't have a lot of time, but I want to talk briefly about you know, its origins and, and where it has come from. You know, that movement, that whole Seattle movement went under the radar for a very long time. Uh, through the mid-80s, there was percolating under uh, Seattle and the surrounding towns uh, this sort of uh, music that was an amalgam, was uh, very much a combined uh, type of music. Uh, people taking heavy metal and, and psychedelic rock and the Beatles and, and bringing all this together. And historians have said that part of the reason why it became so unique was that bands did not go up to Seattle very often and play. And so these guys really fed off <coughs> excuse me, each other in their uh, musical life. They were sort of in a, uh, a musical sort of incubator, if you will. Uh, and... You know, as the rest of the world began to hear it, as this music got so good, this underground movement in Seattle got so good, people began to hear it. Of course, record companies began to hear it. You know, record companies really no longer exist uh, in that same way. But record companies heard this and uh, began to sign these bands and really exposed the world to uh, this. They called it alternative music sure, whatever, I don't even know what these terms mean anymore. What it was, was for me especially, it was a way to take, you know, uh, heavy guitar, heavy beat, and put it with Beatles-type melody. Uh, now, not every band was that way. You listen to someone like the Melvins, and they're as heavy as it gets. But really, what was uh, the thing that appealed to the masses was this idea of, of heavy rock being melodic, this heavy rock having melody, this heavy rock having uh, some harmony even. Uh, you know, and it appealed to the, the ear of the, of the casual listener. And it also drew the casual listener in further. 
the movement died, as all movements do, because uh, it became more about making product than it did about making art. And that always happens, folks. It always happens that uh, when we begin to focus on the making of money rather than the making of art, uh, we lose it. And, and I, I think by 1996, you know, that whole Seattle movement was over. Uh, probably beginning in 87, ending in 97, if I could bracket it that way. But what an extraordinary time it was. Uh, what an extraordinary time uh, for music. And it really was a, a real transformative time in my life. And that music helped me through. So I hope you enjoyed this very brief sort of explanation on grunge. And I hope that you shut this off, this podcast off, and go listen to some Nirvana. Take care, my friends.